What is there even to say to try to begin to recap what the Hoosiers did on Saturday? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, the one and only daily IU podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Appreciate you guys making us your first listen every single day, wherever that may be from. Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever that is. Give a shout out first to today's sponsor, LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Wow. It's really hard as I was starting to put together notes for this show to even figure out a starting point to talk about Saturday's game. For those that didn't watch it, I envy you. The Hoosiers come away with a 29-27 win over Akron in four overtimes. It was, I mean, embarrassing is generally the word I have kind of settled on Akron thoroughly, thoroughly outplayed Indiana in almost every facet of the game, maybe save for turnovers and should have won the game. Uh, Akron should feel really unlucky, really hard done by in this one, the Hoosiers escape and ultimately IU suffers through a win in this one. I had mentioned last week that we were going to do a live show on Sunday we didn't obviously there were a number of reasons why there's going to be some changes coming to the the show that we'll talk about later this week that was part of it but the biggest part of it is that i didn't want to talk about this game <laughs> that quickly uh i you the pe- anyone who stuck through that one like hats off to you this game went well deep into the night and it should have been over in the third overtime Taven Jackson just not even looking in the direction of a Jalen Lucas that had nobody within, what, 20, 30 yards of him. But the Hoosiers get it done in the fourth overtime, and it doesn't feel good. Part of me, a big part of me, wanted this to be a loss just because that would resonate more. Whatever changes need to come, and they are pretty wholesale, it that always is a message that resonates more with a loss. And IU didn't deserve a win in this one. If IU is going to play like this, I'd rather it come in a loss and serve as some type of wake-up call. I guess the small positive to come away from this is it doesn't feel like IU is overlooking the fact that this is a wake-up call. Tom Allen admitted after the game that the players overlooked Akron that it was something he had noticed him and his staff during practice they effectively stopped practice on thursday pointed it out to everyone restarted practice and the message didn't get through it sounded like it was to the point where he was almost ready to bench starters he didn't but um lesson learned the hard way in this one it didn't work whatever his tactics between thursday and saturday were You can blame the players, and I don't doubt that 
they were i mean they look like a team that completely overlooked akron but I, how if you're getting to a point where you're overlooking akron when you're iu football the fingers got to be placed on the coaching staff to some degree as well this program is in a bad bad way right now uh i didn't do a thorough preview of akron last week because they'd been really bad i looked up everything about them they had played three pretty ugly games dj irons who looked like michael vick on saturday had nothing close to that level of a a performance up to that point in the season and i even in the fourth quarter on saturday earlier than that probably i had kind of settled on this being an inflection point in tom allen's tenure this is either I think this is either the point of no return where that doesn't mean he's gone at the end of the season. He's not going to be. And every tweet, every angry post, you're not going to find $20 million to fire him. He's got, he's coming back next year, but that doesn't mean he won't be gone December of next year when his buyout drops to $7 million. This is either the point of no return, which I, I, much more likely or the low point of his tenure one of the low points i don't really want to get into an argument or a debate about what the low point of his tenure is this is up there it's certainly an inflection point and i say that as someone who typically doesn't overreact to these types of games i try to stay level-headed there's not much to be level-headed about in this i think one of the worst looks of the game was I, I, I do thoroughly enjoy Tom Allen as a person. He seems like a tremendous person, but, and it's his personality and the way he is that makes him so unique. And part of what made him so successful when I, was doing well, he doesn't turn that off, but I have to say one of the worst looks I can remember is when Akron missed their chip shot field goal to win the game as time expired and Tom Allen was running onto the field fist pumping. Again, I would say that his quotes afterwards make it pretty clear he wasn't happy and there's a certain responsibility in the game to keep those guys pumped up to win the game, but it just it was such bad optics that IU is just in the mud if not for college kickers happening, they lose to an Akron team that was one of the very worst in college football. And you're celebrating getting to overtime. It didn't feel good. I don't think it looked good. And that's just kind of the state of the program right now. I don't even know what forward is from here. You're going to Maryland on Saturday. We'll talk about that later on into the week. I haven't looked at the FanDuel odds. I'll try to pull them up as we're talking. Maryland should be favored by three touchdowns at the very least in that game. And you're now heading into the meat of Big Ten play. And I don't know how you feel any sort of optimism about where the program is. This is now going on a third straight year where it doesn't, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't, this feels like IU is regressing. 
Maryland is somehow a 14 and a half point favorite. I would hammer the heck out of Maryland. Uh, there was a stat that I'm going to pull up here that I think um, probably properly describes um, the state of IU football. Indiana's last three FBS wins have come with a, an opponent missing a 44-yard, 22-yard, and 32-yard field goal at the end of regulation, that being Akron, Michigan State, Western Kentucky. I think that is a pretty good summary of where we're at. IU is back in a... Um, back in a cycle of winning games they didn't deserve to win. And that was the theme of non-conference play last year. And here we are once again, heading into big 10 play with what optimism, with what excitement there's a lot to still diagnose from Saturday's game. Let's start on the offensive end and we'll dive into that here in few moments before we do that these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to cho- check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free we all have linkedin we all use it That means there's no better place for you to post your job listing than over at LinkedIn. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Big shout out to all you guys who continue to make us your first listen. Even after games like Saturday, you guys are the loyal ones. Make sure you guys are checking out locked on college football kickoff live each Friday. Uh, Locked on goes live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any locked on college YouTube channel. They talk the playoff implications. They talk the conference rivalry games. They talk Colorado. They talk um, Washington. They talk all the top teams, all the top games, all the top storylines, and give you the analysis only Locked On can provide. That's every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Let's start on the offensive end. As I said, that was one of the worst called games since Mike DeBoard has been offensive coordinator. And honestly, it ranks up there with one of the worst called games, even including his tenure. Truly, truly, truly awful play calling. Uh, there's a lot of big picture issues with IU's offense right now. They seem to want to be one thing when nothing, when all the, the it's hard to even explain. I don't even want to say they want to be one thing. Because I don't, I mean, they run the ball a lot. They try to do that. They don't do it well. Saturday was another example of that. They rushed the ball 34 times for 92 yards, 2.7 yards per carry. Shout out to Christian Turner, who um, 
5.2 yards per carry. Stepped up with Josh Henderson out. He was good. There were maybe a couple other bright spots, but it, it that that felt awful. Tom Allen said as much. I mean, he was pretty brutally honest after the game. Uh, quote, not good enough. Not even close. Below the standard, below what's acceptable. Offensively, it's a thorough process. I'll start out, or I'll start here in a few hours. It'll be a short night. I'm recording this Sunday night. I don't think he would fire Walt Bell on Monday. He should. I don't think he would, but he did not seem happy. Here's another quote he gave. Quote, just not a... Not a lot to be fired up about on that side of the football, but when you find a, a way, you've got a bunch of players who believe, and they fight, and they claw, and they scrap. Obviously, look at changing some things we're doing in our schedule, and our personnel, changing some things we're doing to get a result. A lot of talk about change, which is, I mean, I didn't think that Tom Allen is usually not quick to fire someone. You can look at the offensive line coach. It's generally a history. So I don't think that Walt Bell is going to be fired, but he said change a lot. And so it's going to be interesting to see. IU looks, again, like I said, a team that wants to run the ball. They're just not good at it. And it's really odd the decision-making they had in this game considering what happened in the second half of that Louisville game. IU played through the air in the second half of the Louisville game. Taven looked awesome. IU was creative in how it did things. And then they just did none of that on Saturday. Jalen Lucas, probably the prime example of that against Louisville. I believe it was 10 catches for 92 yards. He was dynamic. They were putting him in different um spots on the field lining him up in the slot they lined him up out wide had him in motion had him in the backfield got him on linebackers moved him all over the place utilize him how you should be utilizing Jalen Lucas and the end result was his best game to date as a Hoosier 10 catches 98 yards a touchdown on Saturday you and I had as many catches as Jalen Lucas you and I I believe had as many targets as Jalen Lucas in the passing game. I don't have an explanation for that. The best I could come up with is they didn't want to show any other things on film. But in doing that, you absolutely embarrassed yourself and nearly lost a game against Akron. So I don't even know if that's a valid excuse. Right now, the Hoosiers have only scored eight touchdowns in regulation through their first four games. Five of those came against Indiana State. Uh, you can look at the two last week uh, again with Jalen Lucas. The second one was a rush, Josh Henderson, I believe. And then uh, they had one on Saturday. And that was it. That was That's the extent of the touchdowns they have scored, not against Indiana State. Um... It's gross, honestly. It's really, really gross is about the only thing I can come away with this one. It None of this feels good. The The goal line situation still is abysmal. Uh, IU got three points on two trips inside the Akron five-yard line. They kind of, I mean, they tried something new, bringing Donovan McCauley in as a Wildcat quarterback. 
the idea of it isn't awful. I kind of like it. The play calls they ran were atrocious. You, I, it didn't really change anything. Um, which made it all the more weird that when we got to overtime and in two point conversion territory, the first play they ran ended up with Jalen Lucas standing in an acre of open space. You almost felt bad for him how open he was. And then the second one they scored on. I don't know what, where those play calls have been on the goal line uh, in the last couple weeks, but both those play calls were really, really good. The execution, again, might not have been great, but the play call was good. Um, I, it, it, I, This team is so confusing. What's the identity of this offense right now? If I were to tell you what IU wants to do on offense uh, in a given matchup, would you have an answer? I wouldn't have an answer. Um, what they should be doing is playing through Taven Jackson in the air and utilizing Cam Camper, who was another bright spot. Four catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. He looks fully back. Utilizing him, Jalen Lucas, guys like Donovan McCauley, and some of their receiving weapons through the air. And then... Adding just enough of a run game to make to I guess keep defenses honest. They're they're so out of whack when it comes to the offense right now. They ran thirty four times and threw twenty six. You should be throwing the ball significantly more than running the ball with this IU team right now. They haven't been a good run blocking team. As good as the offensive line has been, they haven't been a good run blocking team at really any point this year. They're better at pass blocking, and you're not putting your offense and your most talented, skilled players on that side of the ball in a position to succeed. That's really what it comes down to. Taven Jackson, Jalen Lucas, Cam Camper, your offensive line, uh, those all of those guys are in their best position to succeed when you're throwing the ball. And you ran the ball more times than you threw on Saturday. So... When there's talk about changes, that's where it's got to be. Just the whole mindset and philosophy of what IU is doing offensively needs to be thrown away and restarted. And I don't know if IU, Walt Bell, Tom Allen, I don't know if they have the cojones to do that, but that's what you should be doing. Because your approach to offense right now, save for... The second half against Louisville, where you were out of your comfort zone and had to do things differently, if you remove that half of football, IU's offense has been horrific against FBS opponents. Everything needs to be thrown away and and start from new, which is really kind of a microcosm of what the whole football program should be right now. But alas, if we're trying to salvage anything out of this season... The offense just needs to start anew. Just change everything about what it's doing right now. Use that 30 minutes from the second half of Louisville as a blueprint and go from there because outside of that, this offense has been impossible to watch against FBS teams. The defense was, I guess, better at times, but boy, it was boom or bust with them. We'll talk about what the good and the bad was on that side of the ball as well. 
first, let's talk about Athletic Brewing. Now for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Uh, much like, let's give a shout out to Philip Dunham. Or excuse me, Lewis Moore. Sorry, Lewis Moore with two interceptions on uh, Saturday. Name the takeover belt the Lewis Moore belt. Or the takeaway belt the Lewis Moore belt. Because that is the man who... Um, him and Philip Dunham both ha- have really held that belt the most. But much like Lewis Moore, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers actually taste good. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beers, including IPAs, Golden, Sours, and more. And there's no hangovers ever, the best part. Uh, Although you may have wanted an actual alcoholic beer on Saturday, I'm sorry. Uh, You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use Locked On to get 15% off your first order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. So on the defensive side of the ball, there were at least good moments. There were boom moments, so to speak. Uh, the good is that they had three turnovers, including the a pick six that I thought really... I don't want to say saved Indiana because they weren't saved, but it kept them afloat because the offense was awful in the second half, save for one drive. That pick six was very, very timely. I will say that. So they had that. They had six tackles for loss, a couple sacks. The bad is, boy, they lost contain all night long. Uh, There were 263 rushing yards by Akron, who that was double. They had... I believe it was around 112, if I remember correctly, for the season coming into this game. And they ran for 263. Like I said, they made DJ Irons look like prime Michael Vick out there. Uh, It was gross. It was... I mean, frustrating is a word I keep using. Embarrassing, frustrating, annoying, all those things. They're too inconsistent at this point. There's times where they look great. They look great for, I would say, the entirety of the Ohio State game, especially considering the opponent. They look great in the second half against Louisville, and then they just kind of, at times, looked great against Akron. But as much as anything, I thought Akron was hurting itself more than or as much as IU was. Boy, did they have a lot of costly penalties. Uh, On both sides of the ball, I, I don't have the penalties here. I'll try to find them, but they were hurting themselves as much as anybody was. So, um, I don't really, this defense again has the ability to be really good. They had eight penalties, uh, 10 penalties for 108 yards. So I, it's, it's wild. Um, but And eight of those came on the offensive side of the ball to the point about this offense for Akron was hurting itself as much as anything. A number of unsportsmanlike, we did, we're not even going to get to mention the fight where a strength and conditioning coach is running across the field. It was a bizarre game, but 
this defense is just not consistent. And that was a really bad Akron offense that they gave up just shy of 500 yards to. 474 yards, 263 on the ground. I, how did we get here? Like, I, it's just, it seems like in so many ways, this, I, this IU team is regressing from week one. The offensive play calling was atrocious in week one, but the defense looked great. And then you get to the Indiana state game where everything looked awesome as it should. And then you start for six of the last eight quarters this team looks like it's taken a big step backwards. Again, does that fall on coaching? Does that? I think it probably does. Who does that fall on? Why are they regressing to this point? I think another trend that's becoming more and more obvious is IU struggles against mobile quarterbacks that can escape the pocket. They did not at hardly any point on Saturday keep contain against DJ Irons. He was able to get out of the pocket a number of times and scramble away extend plays and iu was was nowhere to be found Uh, there was no qb spy on him which may be a little interesting because i mean even just looking at his numbers it was clear he was a running quarterback and he's gonna face a lot of qb spies in mac play this year um but look at the end of the louisville game Plummer basically won the game because he could keep getting out of the pocket and run for first downs or run for big gains and didn't let IU get the ball back at the end. That's going to be on the scouting report for teams. Um, I don't know how many more they're going to see this year who can escape the pocket and either extend plays or gain some yardage, but that's a huge glaring hole that's becoming bigger and bigger that IU needs to address on that end. But there's a lot of issues with this IU team. Again, Nick Toomer didn't play. I mean, he's not going to account for 260-some rushing yards that Akron had, but he has a, through. He was one of IU's best cornerbacks through the first couple of games, but IU had three interceptions, so that wasn't as much as the issue. The run game for Akron was 40 rushes, 263 yards, and three touchdowns. If I, it's just about as defeated as I felt about IU football in some time. Uh, and I'm someone who tries to stay optimistic about things, but this is that was such a bad Akron team that Indiana just looked atrocious against that it's really hard to feel any other way than really pessimistic about this program right now. And that's just a general feeling I have about this team. This program, everything about IU football right now is just pessimism. It doesn't feel good. And I know we've been down this road before. Maybe it's my own fault for for getting some optimism about where we were going. But um, this just feels really bad after that game. Maybe they'll come out and look decent against Maryland if... I've learned anything about IU. They're going to come out and lose by like eight points in a game that they looked good in, but never really able to get over the hump. And that's going to be the theme for the rest of the season. Looking bad against the great teams, looking not quite good enough against the middling teams. And then 
maybe grabbing a win win or two at the end of the season and finishing four and eight and in the same place once again this season. Uh, that's a far cry from where I was a couple weeks ago when I was predicting a bowl game for the Hoosiers. Four and eight would feel like a miracle at this point. So sorry if this was a pessimistic episode, but I don't think IU deserves a lot of optimism right now. Uh, don't start counting down to basketball season yet, though. I, I don't want to be one of those people. Um, but yeah, it, it's a rough look for IU football after that game on Saturday. It's it's hard to feel a whole lot of other ways. So we'll be back on Tuesday to talk about what Tom Allen had to say in his press conference on Monday. See if he discussed any of those changes that might have come or might start to come this week. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at LO underscore Hoosiers. Uh, you can follow me at Jacob Rude as well. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave those ratings and reviews. We'll try to bring up the excitement level throughout the rest of this week. I'll try to make this the most down we are all week. We'll bring up the excitement level the rest of the week. As always, though, guys, I hope you have a great week, a great start to your week, and most importantly, LEO.